Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We are having some technical issues with the video. Uh, you'll notice that the video during the hymn kind of got sliced up, and I noticed my video is getting choppy. So hopefully the internet will cooperate with us, as well as it did last night for the Easter vigil. Um, when I first heard uh, the reports coming out of this press conference in the United States, where a reporter pointed out to Trump that this would be the first time in American history that Easter was going to be canceled, the first thought I had in my mind, and apparently a lot of other pastors, was of the Grinch who stole Christmas. You might remember how that story goes, where there's this terrible Grinch who lives on the top of Mount Crumpet, and he can't stand Christmas. It just drives him nuts and decides that he is gonna pull out all the stops to make sure that it doesn't come to pass. So if you might permit me to paraphrase, we might say every Christian in Christendom liked Easter a lot, but the devil who lurked all around them did not. Satan hated Easter, the whole Easter season, for it saved us from sin. That's the plain, simple reason. So here we are on this Easter morning doing something we would never have anticipated a year ago, maybe even not even a month ago that we are all celebrating Easter, each in our own homes. In much the same way that the disciples were in the upper room out of fear of the Jews, we are huddled in our homes out of concern for a virus. Now, if you think about it, this has been a particularly hard year for holidays in Montreal. Halloween got canceled for the first time in Montreal's history. A terrible storm came through and we had to decide, oh, we shouldn't go out trick-or-treating. Christmas, while not quite canceled, was a green one, which is highly unusual. And even the girls felt out of sorts. They said, Dad, it's just not right that we're living up here in the north and it's a green Christmas. And now Easter, supposedly called on account of COVID-19. So a Lutheran might be permitted to ask, what does this mean? Well, if you think about it from a Christian perspective, we always want to ask ourselves, what is the Lord trying to teach? And if you look beyond Easter and Christmas and back to Halloween, you might ask yourself, is perhaps the Lord stripping each of those holidays back to its essential? taking away the things that are extraneous and that may be not necessary to have us focus on the thing that is most important. So it's a little bit of a stretch, but if you think back to Halloween, what is Halloween supposed to be all about? It was never about tricks and goblins and candy. It's All Hallowed's Eve. It's the night before All Saints. It is the feast of remembrance of the resurrection of the blessed dead that those who have been called home to be with Christ will be returned to life with Christ and us on the last day when Jesus returns. Maybe the Lord was asking us to stay out of the trick-or-treat business for one night and really think about what all Hallowed's Eve and day were originally about in the Christian church. Or what about Christmas? Even in the tropics, and I can say this as somebody who works in the tropics part-time, 
Christmas is about snow and about snowmen and about lights and festivals and parties. It's not been Christ's mass for quite some time in the Western world. So perhaps by taking away all the things that are not necessary, the snow, we had to focus on why there is a Christmas in the first place. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ sent into the world from the Virgin Mary to redeem you and me from sin. And now Easter. I, like many of you, have been listening to the daily one o'clock updates from the Quebec government, and usually I turn it on four or five minutes before. And since I watch it on Radio Canada, the host who is on got into sort of a, a joke fight debate with one of the, the hosts, and it's, it's been recurring for a few days, about the essence of Easter, which is, of course, ham with pineapple, as we all know. Whoever it was that he was talking about said uh, he didn't want to have anything to do with ham and pineapple. And the host, of course, was saying, oh, you need to try mine. You know, when this is all over, I'm going to have you over, and you're really going to understand that the joy of this central Easter dish. Well, of course, that's not what Easter is about either. We don't need to have ham to have Easter. We don't even necessarily have to have a church building to have Easter. Easter comes just the same. Now over this Lenten season, even though this is series A year, so it's supposed to be about the Gospel of Matthew, we always take a break during Lent and do the Gospel of John. We've heard huge chunks of it over not just the last month during Lent, but even the last week for those of you who have joined uh, in each of the evening services. John 3 and the meeting of Nicodemus at night. John 4 and the woman at the Samaritan well. John 9 and the curing of the blind man. The raising of Lazarus in John 11. A little bit of John 16 on Good Friday, 12 and 13 on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then 18 and 19 on Good Friday as well. In each and every one of those chapters, we are seeing what God has accomplished, what God is at work doing in the world. And if you think about all of those events in John's gospel and the climax, the climax is really the cross. Good Friday is the public holiday. It is the public spectacle. No one in Jerusalem who wasn't, was paying attention would have been unaware that there was a crucifixion outside of the walls of the holy city, and that the man who claimed that he was the Messiah of Israel had been killed by the Roman government. Would have been in the newspapers, if there had been newspapers in those times. It would have been on the podcasts, if there had been podcasts. Everybody knew about the death of Jesus Christ. Easter was not a public event. It was a very private event. It happened only for certain individuals. A large swath of them, we can't say, well, it was just a few people. We know from 1 Corinthians that it was more than 500 people at one time saw the resurrected Christ. We know that James saw him. We know that Peter did. And of course, Mary Magdalene and the women on that very first Easter morning. Everyone knew about Good Friday, but Easter needs witnesses. Easter is a sharing event. Easter was done in such a way, and God did this on purpose, 
that the story of Easter has to be shared person to person to person. As Her Gracious Majesty the Queen said in her Easter message, the first she has ever delivered, Easter is an event passed on from generation to generation to generation, from neighbor to neighbor, from parents to children, and sometimes even from children to parents. It is something that has to be shared rather than something that was observed. And so back to the Grinch. How was it, if you remember the original cartoon, that the Grinch learned the true meaning of Christmas? It wasn't from the public spectacle. It wasn't in the Christmas trees that he stuffed up the chimbley. It wasn't in the decorations. It wasn't in the presents. He learned the true meaning of Christmas from the witness of the Who's. He learned what Christmas is all about when, despite having taken away all of the obvious stuff, all of the physical elements, all of those little Who's in Whoville came out of their houses and gathered together and sang. And it was in that witness that they gave to what Christmas really means that the Grinch's heart grew three sizes that day. The angel witnesses to the guards and the women. Jesus tells the women to go and tell the disciples. The disciples are then charged by Jesus to go and make more disciples through their witness to the rest of the nations of the earth. And now you and I, in Montreal, in the 21st century, in this time, have been given the charge of being witnesses to this Easter event to explaining why the Friday on which Jesus was crucified was good. The world can see Friday. The world sees the diseases. It sees the earthquakes. It feels the power of the hurricanes. It feels in families and in individuals the economic misery that too many of these things bring. All of those things are obvious to the world. They're as obvious as the flu-fluvers and the tartukas and the hoo-hoppers and the garducas were to the Grinch. But we have been called with a special task to figure out how to gather together and sing for the world that they might learn the true meaning behind all these things. And we are being charged to be creative. And it's a blessing, of course, that the Lord has made us creative people. He has given us gifts and talents, each in their own measure, each different than the other has. We have to figure out where our virtual empty tomb is going to be for the world. And we need to sing. The new sign that we're working on for the front of our church, which I'm so sad that we didn't have up for this event, I know well that the Lord wants it for something that may be yet to come in the future. Social media that so many churches were so averse to using, oh, we don't want to do Facebook or Instagram, now suddenly are flooded with live worship services and devotions and worship material. Our internet outreach continues to grow. I am amazed at the work that Katie Phillips, our deaconess intern in the Dominican Republic, has been able to do. I'm fortunate if I get one response out of 15 to 20 emails. She's been averaging one response out of every seven or eight. 
people are emailing us wanting to know how to deal with anxiety. I wanted to have with me the newspaper that I had received from the Quebec government of how to deal with COVID-19. And if you've read yours, maybe you haven't gotten them yet, there's a whole section about mental health, but not a thing in there about worshiping communities and the strength that we give to people and can help you cope with being quarantined and cooped up and not knowing what's happening outside our walls. We figure out how to do all these things, brothers and sisters, shares on Facebook and typing up devotions and inviting people to virtual church, that the Lord might change the hearts of all the Grinches that are around us. And that Satan might once again be reminded that his rule is over. Because that's what happened on Friday, was that Satan, sin, and death were defeated once for all. Not that Jesus opened up a possibility for you and me to do the hard work, but that Jesus did the hard work himself for you and for me. Wah, wah to the Christians, the devil was humming. They're finding out now that no Easter is coming. All their Christ's arisens will become sobs and tears. That's a noise, smirked the devil, that I simply must hear. So we paused, and old Nick put his hand to his ear. And he did hear a sound rising up from below, and it started in low, but it started to grow. Every Christian at home, both the tall and the small, was singing without any church building at all. He hadn't stopped Easter from coming. It came. Through the word of our Lord, it came just the same. And what happened next? Well, in churches, they say that the word of the cross destroyed Satan that day. Welcome, Easter. Bring your cheer. Cheer to all, both far and near. Easter isn't lost this year as long as we have ears to hear. Easter has good gifts to bring from mouths that aren't afraid to sing. And so we say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. Amen.